You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast, sponsored by Iris Elements, the weekly podcast for ambitious bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be discussing topics which will help you build a successful practice which works for you. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm great, Zoe. Really, really good. Coming to the end of the summer holidays. One of my children's gone back to school today. Yay! <laughs> Why? That's yeah. so soon. Yeah, that's so soon. And then the second one goes back tomorrow. So, yeah, we have a five-week summer holiday and I'm very grateful. Oh, lush. Well, I've, got, I've got a little while yet, so I'm, I'm not counting down the days. I'm trying to, like, really embrace it and do lovely things. But there are definitely moments where I'm like, please, can I just sit quietly on my own? That would be really fun. <laughs> Um, well, no, we're really excited today to be joined by Rebecca Williams, who runs eCounting Made Easy Limited, and also Sarah from um, Twig Accountancy Services. Sorry, Sarah Twig from Twig Accountancy Services. <laughs> really nice to speak to you ladies today. We wanted to talk about starting a business, uh, starting a bookkeeping practice specifically. And Rebecca and Sarah have spoken to us before on the Bookkeepers podcast, and we've spoken about starting growing businesses, finding clients, the journeys that you've been on. But we really wanted to touch base because uh, we're a bit further on in the year. We know we can learn so much from you. And and you know what? It's something we don't talk about as much as perhaps we should. We get a lot of questions from people who are early in their journey. But of course, we, we talk a lot about sort of building a business for people who maybe have already started a practice and need that push. But we often forget to go back to the beginning and um, back to the sort of questions you have right at the beginning of your practices. So um, I wonder if you want to start by introducing yourselves. Rebecca, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and what you do now? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Rebecca, I'm director of the County Media Limited. And my background is um, quite varied, really. Um, so in the past, I, I worked in practice initially, did my AAT there. Um, was undertaking bookkeeping, um, accounting for medical practitioners. And then I'm later on, I moved on to another firm where I did um, audit work um, on various different clients and I did my ACA. And then after about eight years, I decided to move into industry. So um, had roles such as group FC, um, FC, finance business partner, et cetera. And they were all across um, different industries. And yeah, loved it. <laughs> And then um, this year I decided, why not just set up on my own? Um, and it was always something really that I, I wanted to do. I just didn't know how to go about it. And it wasn't really until I spoke to um, a few of the leaders in the Six Figure Club back in December last year that I decided now was definitely the time to make a start. And yeah, started binge watching all of the YouTube videos, previous podcasts, whatever I could really get my hands on. So yeah, that really spurred me forward. And then here we are. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Rebecca, I mean, we know you love the studying side of things, and you were really like good at the studying side of things. And we were just saying that it's it's there's such a big difference between getting your qualifications, getting your certificates, knowing you can do the work, but then starting a business. That's a whole different skill set, isn't it? And I think it's really something that and something me and Zoe spoke about at the beginning of starting this business was that like there's such a gap in knowledge and no one's filling that gap and I'm so pleased that you you know you've got your qualifications then you found us and we were we able uh, helped you to do that but what were the drivers what were the things that made you because it's not easy starting a business it's not the easy no. option <laughs> what what was it that 
made you think I want to start a business what was it going to give you okay so it's hard to put into words I'm probably not going to say this and um as well as I possibly can but I've always felt in the previous roles that I've had that I could give more or there was times where I wanted to spend more time on something i.e you know developing controls working with a client or you know going through um their systems to make them more smooth that sort of thing as well as you know year-end order year-end um accounts and as you know a lot of the time when you're working in practice you've got two weeks on a job that is it you've got to get everything done and if it's not done you work overtime until it's done and you don't sleep and <laughs> it's just this repetitive pattern and i always thought to myself there's got to be a better way why why does it always feel as if we're behind on the work and this didn't matter you know which firm i worked for um i worked for a you know top five firm at the time and then i worked at a smaller firm and you know kept trying to change it up and i thought there's just a common denominator here that we don't seem to have enough time to give to clients so how are we giving that service that i want to give them it's just not possible because there's only one of me and yeah i just can't do it so even you know circa eight years back i was thought to myself one day i want to have my own practice so that i can give all of myself to the clients and be there for them when they've got the questions um so that really spurred me forward i had no idea how i was going to do this i'll just say that out loud i had no idea even where to start you know do, do you start do you register your your name first do you how do you go about finding clients where do i go um where are these people who do i want to work with all these questions came to mind but I think um in particular because I did the startup program then I did the six-figure um, um success program that kind of laid it out right you need to do this then you need to do this and then you need to do this and as long as you've got all of these things in order now it's time to start looking at you know niching down who do you want to work with etc worry about that later do this first and it kind of all came together that way um so yeah I feel really lucky to be honest that I managed to find the group because I don't think I'd be where I am now to be quite honest with you um yeah <laughs> oh Rebecca well it's music to our ears and it's good to hear like you were like actually the startup program is going to help me go through those things that I need to understand so that I can move the business forward um I'm going to bring Sarah in because I know Sarah's been through the startup program as well um Sarah do you do you want to start do you want to tell us about your background and how you came to be starting a bookkeeping practice as well yeah of course um so I've been um, an accountant or in bookkeeping or anything else for um, 10, 11 years, I think, in total. I was actually a dissatisfied retail worker, which is why then I retrained in AAT um, in my in my mid-20s. And then um, sort of worked in purchase ledger, worked my way up. I've always worked in industry, though. I've never worked in practice. And mid-last year, I knew something had to change. I was very despondent with my with my job I felt very I don't know something just didn't click like I was out of alignment and I knew I had to do something about it and then you know how you do when you've got a problem you furiously google well I furiously googled and I found the six figures um bookkeepers club and from from there I think it was about September time I joined September last year and um met a few great people in there there's so much knowledge in there and it motivated me to do something um, as you've sort of said, there's, there's so much of a gap between knowing I can do the things and actually doing things for my own people in my own circle. And there's also that 
that worry that, you know, if you're working in industry, for example, you're working for one person, you know, inside out, back to front, upside down, and also you've got your regular salary. Whereas with um, being self-employed, I was worried that I would vastly either lose that majority of that salary and not be able to support myself or find myself back on the job line, which I desperately didn't want to do because one of the things that I always felt with accounting is I couldn't help people. I could just help one company and some people inside that company, but it wasn't necessarily what I would call helping as such. Um, but what I found with having my own business now is that I feel like I can help people. And that's really added so much more satisfaction to being a bookkeeper, to being an accountant than any of the industry stuff that I've done before. I did think that I, like, like Rebecca, I, I did think, oh, I've worked in industry. That's not enough. I needed to have worked in practice. But actually having gone through the startup program myself um, and then subsequently in January, the um, success program, I found that. I didn't need that because I knew it all it's just I knew it in a different light almost you know I knew how to do management accounts and things and, and truly that's where my expertise shines and I really love doing management accounts and explaining everything to them explaining cash flow forecasting budgeting I love all that sort of stuff so to be able to do that like Rebecca has said to do that with more detail and in depth in a way that I want to do it because it's my rules because it's my business I found that really sort of really eye-opening really lovely to do really fulfilling oh, i love hearing that that you're you're both so client-centric rather than because lots of people i think would choose to go self-employed because of limits in their time around family or around health or they want you know that maybe they had an option to work from home in covid and they're, now they've been taken back to the office and that's not working for them anymore. So the fact you wanted to build something like that, and it's so true about the satisfaction, the job satisfaction we get. Actually, this morning, um, I, I, you know, I price everything out, and um, one of my clients doesn't pay for a management accounts video. But I looked through her management accounts before I sent it over, and I had to do her a video because I was so proud of what she'd achieved in that last month, and I just wanted to an email wasn't going to get it across an email was not going to say how excited I was and how proud I was and like just lift her up and and that's the thing we get to choose how we service our clients and and Rebecca like you said that you would then have to do overtime and it's not like maybe it doesn't matter if someone's priced or the hourly rate wrong or whatever or the amount of time capacity you've got you've still got to do it because you've got that next load of things and because you can't sort out those systems and processes and put in those really good controls, it means it's going to be the same next year. It's going to be the same story over and over again. And that is soul destroying. And I hadn't That's really me. thought about how much happier I am because my clients are happier. I, I know that that's the case, but I also feel like it's because of the freedom and the flexibility I've got. I hadn't seen it so, as clearly as that, as you both said around that. And I think that's so interesting. I'd love to jump in actually and ask because you've both said about not being able to support clients like Rebecca you were saying you know I couldn't I could see there was a problem it just is the same everywhere I couldn't like look after the clients in the way I wanted to and then Sarah you said well, I can only make a difference for one client when I'm working with that one client how have for both of you what have you done that's enabled you to support your clients in a way that you maybe didn't think possible from your experience of working for people um I think, well, a few things really. <laughs> it's not just down to one thing. Well, I think 
I deliberately like in this time frame since starting up I've declined people I have declined them even though I am a brand new business and I should be taking on all the work in the world and that's what people have told me I even have a mentor who's told me the same thing and I said absolutely not it's not going to happen because if if that client is out of my area of expertise I am not going to even face it. I'm not even going to you know give it the time of day and just say I'm really sorry but you know I can forward you on to somebody else that can help you better because I know I can't give everything to that client so for instance with my very first client um I had a conversation with them initially and said well what is it you know why are you thinking of changing in the first place because I, I do try and listen as well when people come to me and say I'm leaving this accountant I'm leaving this bookkeeper because of x y and z and I'm like okay I can write that down make sure I don't do x y and z going forward then <laughs> you know? so I'll go to the premises and say right let's have a look around and tell me about your business tell me about yourself why are you excited about doing what you're doing you know show me the stock in the back I don't care I love stock I love <laughs> seeing behind the scenes and you get them talking for an hour or two and then all of a sudden like oh and you know I wish this worked better or you know I spent ages doing admin or I spent ages doing this and you think instantly because because I have auditor brain I'm instantly analyzing everything around me all the time going well we can make that better we can make that quicker let's do this and let's try that and I'm let's say really pumped up and excited about doing things for them and working with them and I think it's that you've got to you can't just take on clients and think everything's going to be you know hunky-dory and you know you've got 100 clients to service and it all does it's you know does everything itself it doesn't you've really got to be there understand their business understand their problems and be able to solve the problems but not just solve them be there and solve them in a very quick amount of time because again people have come to me in the past and said I cannot get hold of my accountant. I've been calling, ringing, emailing for the past two, three weeks, four weeks. And you might think yourself because you have all of these clients. Well, I'm rammed busy. I've got, you know, X, Y, and Z to do. I don't have the time to just be on the phone. And that's the problem. You don't have the time. And it's it's just because of an accumulation of things. And again, I do my very best to make sure that I have the time in the day in case somebody does call me to say, all right, let's have five minutes just going through this. And it might be something quick or it might be something more complex. And if it is, I'll just say, well, why don't I come and see you and we can have a cup of coffee or something and we'll talk about it or book in a, um, a call for an hour or two later on. But I think it's that you've got to remember clients are people. They're not just a number, you know, on a spreadsheet. Let's just say they're real people with real problems. And your job is to make sure that you solve those problems and give them peace of mind. That's what they're coming to you for. So yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really conscious of that when I'm dealing with people. Wow. That is that's amazing. Rebecca, you sound so confident. Remind us again how long <laughs> you've been in business. Since February. <laughs> wow. And I know, and when I speak to Sarah as well, Sarah sounds, you know, I, Sarah, how do you build confidence when and you said it as well, and I we get this question a lot actually about I'm in industry how am I going to build a practice? I've never been in a practice. And actually, I do think it's a godsend because like Rebecca says, you actually only learn really bad habits sometimes. Yeah. You learn how not to run a practice in a practice. Yep. So sometimes you actually are a benefit there. But Sarah, how do you start a business when you don't have the confidence and you don't know exactly how things are going to pan out? How have you got through that? Well, as someone who suffers from quite severe anxiety, Joe, that's a very loaded question. Um, I think you you always have to work on your brain first. 
the mindset is the key and i know at the start of the startup program and the success program you guys go heavily into the mindset but it's about almost letting go and i've i've had to learn this over many many years you have to let go of the what ifs what if this worst case scenario happens what if this worst case scenario? what who cares what if this best case scenario happens so learning how to let it go i think is it's very easier said than done way easier said than done but it is something that i think is really important for entrepreneurs that want to build their own business because i think when you sat in industry for so long and you've had a job you you know you have to show up you know you have to do tasks and then you know you get to go home and you know there's always generally someone above you who you can go to for questions and everything else and and sometimes that can really knock your confidence not to have that kind of person to check but what i found within the community which has really helped me is to just reach out and ask questions so if you are stuck on something even if you think it's a really silly question oh i should know this vat question or i should know how to calculate this you know or if it's just a spreadsheet or whatever and you you ask somebody else i think that helps you reinforce your confidence for example i'll give you give you an example i've got a guy who um i was a colleague with five six years ago he's a great guy he's a yorkshireman he taught me the term belts and braces and um i've got fond memories of working with him i only worked with him for three months that's the impression that he gave me he's an older guy he's what i would term a proper accountant you know in the suit and everything else but he's ever so likable he's not he's not stiff at all and um i couldn't get a balance sheet to to reconcile i was like it's not it's not matching there's a, there's a difference i can't get it it's very very small it was under a thousand pounds so it wasn't huge at all but i felt like i needed an adult to adult to check so i said to him well can you would you mind just just having a look and seeing and he took me through it and then afterwards he said you know what though there's no there's no point sweating the small stuff for that at all you can just pop it to retained earnings or whatever else and i thought do you know what if i if I just thought about it, I could have done that myself. But the fact that I've got some backup and then I subsequently got him as a client, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant, um, it's just it's just helpful. So I think even if you're still working now within whatever industry, whether it's in practice, whether you're in industry, whether whatever, I think build up some connections that you can rely on for backup when you need it, because we all need it, don't we? Um, we all need something so you can find you know some friends within the group or there might be some people who you work with or you know of that you can talk to and just build those connections because nine times out of ten if you are stuck on something someone else will know the answer and they won't say oh you're a, you're a terrible accountant you shouldn't be doing this it's not going to happen they're not you know no one is dramatic enough to, to be that kind of way you're, you're doing what you are doing because you are good at what you are doing it's just occasionally we just need a little bit of a check and then that will build your confidence because you go oh well i know how to do this now and then that'll be another thing to add to your pile of things that you know how to do so i think that will build it but it does take time and you do have to let go of all the what if scenarios i think that's a really good point you know um you know we're uh, we're, we're professionals we ethically wouldn't take on work that we weren't competent the but we doubt ourselves because we are, are cautious people. So having people around you is really supportive. And, um, you know, you started working with us on the startup program, which I, which I should mention, um, we've been running a promotion on the startup program over the summer. So if you were thinking of working on the startup program and you've seen our emails about it, there is a discount until, well, today, it ends today. I'll pop it up on the screen in case anyone's watching and is interested. 
Um, and the startup program is like an on-demand self-study program to help you do what you need to do to get your business started. We talk about finding your first clients and that kind of thing. But that program isn't supported with um, contact with other people. Obviously, we have a free community, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, where you can reach out and ask questions. And we've made it a no judgment zone. People do ask questions all day long. And you've got people all around you who are also ambitious and positive and supportive who are there and will jump in and answer them even, you know, even members of our success program will jump in and ask questions in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club because it's that good. So um, there is that, but you don't get that kind of face-to-face -face support. So it's interesting what you said about finding an accountant that you know who you can ask questions of to support you. What would you do if you, um, and I guess Rebecca, you probably have that as well because you've come from practice and you have a network. Um, what would you say are the first things to do to build that network if you don't have it? Like how can you, how can you start doing that? I think, for instance, if people are making comments or postings, um, say in, in the six-figure group, um, sometimes, and don't judge me for this, <laughs> sometimes on a Sunday night, I will go through all of the comments in the group and just be like, oh, all right, that's interesting. I didn't know that. All right, okay. <laughs> you know, carry on. And I'll make comments sometimes and be like, oh, all right, yeah, you know. Um, that, that's great that oh did you know about this resource here that might help too and I think it's that it's getting involved and really just reaching out to people and if if there's um for instance that there's people in the group now who come to me um for questions um quite often really actually pretty much every day I get a question which is great and you know anyone who's watching anytime it's fine um but I learned so much from them as they they learned from me. And if I hadn't originally just, you know, put a little posting or a comment to say, oh, you know, I'm, I've dealt with that before, or, you know, I, I'm going through the same thing. Shall we have a chat and see if we can come up with a solution together? Then I wouldn't have made those connections. And I am, and you, you've heard me say this before today, I am the most introverted person you've ever met. You wouldn't know if I was in a room with you, put it that way. I'm so quiet and I don't have a massive network. I, I do not have a massive personal network. And yet, you know, I must know now at least 500 plus bookkeepers and accountants just from the group. And yeah, just wow. reaching out to people and saying hello or, you know, if anyone's having a bad day, being there for them, just saying, you know, if you fancy a chat, um, even if it's on Messenger, you know, talk me through it and I'll let you know it's not just you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it. Absolutely. And, and it's and that is definitely something that sparked, you know, me and Zoe to set this up because um, we used to go to the events and things and then we'd be in a room with people that sounded like us and had the same questions as us and, you know, were geeking out over the new HMRC guidance and things like that. And I'd be like, these are my people. And then I'd go <laughs> home and I didn't have anybody to talk to like that. And when you do set up on your own, it's lonely, not just because of the technical questions, but the questions about, I've got this client and they've said this to me and it doesn't feel right. Should I, is that, should I be doing something about that? Or should I just suck it up? Or, oh, when they phone me, they make me feel so bad. And I don't know how to make this relationship better. It's not always the technical stuff we need support on. It's sometimes just how, how do we act as a business owner and um, it's, it's, you know, obviously the professional bodies that guide us through our technical exams, they are professional bodies. They've never run a business. 
so they can't support us in that and that's why we were like we really need this and selfishly I set it up selfishly because I was at home with the three kids um, running my business around them only having accountants to outsource to me to ask questions and I didn't feel I could ask them questions about the clients that weren't theirs and sometimes I felt that I was I couldn't ask them a question because they'd look down their nose at me I felt that I and and I never felt that um so and and also I mean I'm talking back in the early 2000s like Google I, I, I used to have to ask Jeeves anyone remember asking Jeeves rather than Google yeah so <laughs> it's going back a bit um and it is and it, it didn't kind of chip away at your self-belief um every time you had to go to somebody else and ask and that's why now I I love the fact that we all can ask anything. And there's an option as well in the community to ask anonymously. If you feel like you don't want to, you can turn your post into an anonymous post. And, you know, and you can put a post in there and maybe tag Rebecca or Sarah and ask them. I'm sure yeah. they will jump in as well. But I, I do the same. I try and look through the group and see, is there anyone's questions that haven't been answered? Um, because, and I think we all, everyone does that. We're so lucky because we know you know, giver's game, whatever you give, you're going to get it back tenfold because there's definitely going to be a question that comes up and I will not know the answer and my team will be stuck, but someone in this community will. And it's really amazing. And, and this is why the startup program is like so special because it really is that first step. Once you've got those qualifications, you've got that certificate, you're really proud. And maybe you, maybe you have worked in this in finance, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you're coming from a complete, because we have people. I mean, think of Dave. Dave was a driving instructor. I mean, and then he's coming into, <laughs> yeah, like completely different. And this really does help you set out those foundations. Every time I look at it, I can't believe how many elements it is. And this is, I mean, I, I say this is my fifth practice. And when I set it up, this practice the fifth time, I was like, oh my goodness, I remember how hard this is like to get all of the things ticked like like you said Sarah belt and braces to make sure because if you don't get one of these parts done and you have to do them in a certain order because you can't get the back number unless you've got the back <laughs> bank uh, details or you can't do this until you've done that and I was like that this time I'm going to document it every single thing and then we've added things along the way when things have changed and it really is that thing that you can do and at the end you master it and for 200 quid plus that, you have set up a business. Could you couldn't like, and this is why people sometimes say, oh, you as though you should franchise a bookkeeping practice. We're like, no, because everyone's is so different. And actually that is our franchise model, the startup program for 200 quid plus that rather than thousands and thousands. And obviously if, oh, the offer ends today and then it goes up to 300 plus that. Am I right, Zoe? I think. So I think we're a hundred pound off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, um, oh, there's lots of lovely comments coming in with people saying that this is really helping them and um, like Kath saying she's so pleased to have you both in her network and Nadine is starting out so it's really helpful for her. I'll tell you what I'm going to ask something that I think this was definitely my question when I started my business, finding clients. Like we've had conversations before, I remember speaking to Sarah, I remember speaking to Sarah and Sarah saying right I decided I'm going to start my business, I did all the things, I like Got, I started my business, then four days later, I quit my job. And then a week later, I was fully booked. I don't know if it was that quick, but it, it felt very, very quick and sudden and perhaps was a little bit of a shock, actually. Um, and then Rebecca, I know that you very quickly, you've told us about how you've been out marketing and you were like really, like you were really going in on the detail about finding out who is my <laughs> ideal 
client? How can I make sure that I only speak to the people who are the right people for me? And like you really live to the ideal client message that we share all the time. What have been the what have been the best routes for finding clients for both of you? Because I expect you've both approached this in a different way. Um, yeah, I'd love to understand that because I think that's probably a big question people have got when they're starting out. I can start the business because, you know, the startup program will tell me what to do, but where are my clients going to be? I think the, the, the thing is visibility. And that's how I got my first client was literally visibility. So it was actually a recommendation by somebody who I vaguely knew, who I know a lot better now on Facebook. And she put it in a group that I wasn't even a member of. And this person then messaged me and said, oh, so-and-so's recommended you. Can we have a chat about it? I still work for them today and they're amazing. Um, I love working for them. And then the second client came along in a similar way, visibility again. I think I did your the, the podcast, I think, in February time with you guys. And after that, that was second client, um, who I'm still with today. Uh, third client came along not long after that, but again, visibility, because I was telling anyone who would listen on my Facebook that I was a bookkeeper. Well, that I was an accountant. I was offering bookkeeping services, but I was an accountant. So hence I got my third client and my fourth client came from the chap that um, we were talking about earlier, who I'm now, he's now a monthly client as well. Um, it's just about telling everybody what you do because you'll be surprised how they come out. I mean, there is no, between all four of these clients, there is no common thread at all. One's in creative industries, one's a bookkeeper themselves, one's in industry but sort of outsources, and one has his own accountancy practice. So none of them are the same at all, and none of them niche down into anything, you know, that, that you could put in a line and go, oh, well, that's that's my niche. No, but they're all lovely people, really, really nice people, and they all came to me through just visibility and that was all it was it was just a bit of marketing and it wasn't terribly good marketing either it was just me lots of pictures of my face going oh does anyone need any accounting services anytime soon <laughs> that was kind of it <laughs> I think that's but that's um quite daunting like you say just marketing but I think when you haven't run a business before uh what like that it's really hard to know where to start with that and I know you're a big Facebook user and so your strategy was to go out there and tell everyone who's in your network already um but I think that's it's getting out of your own way a little bit isn't it and just accepting well I, I have to do something so what's the thing that's going to make the most sense when I think about the kind of people that I want to work with like who do I need to see this and what do I need to do what do I need to tell them uh, but I think you're just such a shining example of uh like everyone connect with Sarah because you're just doing yeah. like what she posts yeah it's, it's, I think there are, there are bumps in it aren't there though because so I there have been a few people that have connected with me who said oh I can't do your marketing because I'm still working under practice and I don't want them to know that mm. I'm going to be working for myself and things so there are a few bumps in the road with that I think there are ways around it on Facebook like you can run the page it's not as impactful but you can run a page separately and things so I think that's harder much harder to do than what I did mm. which is just open a new profile with my married name and yell from the top of tower um but I think there are maybe I don't know LinkedIn or TikTok and things are maybe other people's um kind of areas of expertise that could be used especially TikTok I mean at the moment that's really thriving so I think it depends on 
what your problems are with reaching out to people in terms of visibility like are you going to be visible or is your brand going to be visible like for me it's the same thing because I'm a geek and because I use leaf puns in my marketing it is the same thing but <laughs> someone may not want to be like if they are a geeky person they may want a more professional brand so then that's what you would push but it's a little bit harder to do it that way than market you as a person because ultimately your visibility if you're if you're trusted and if you are shown to be a leader or an, an expert in your field then most people will funnel your way whereas if it's a brand it's a little bit soulless it's a little bit more difficult but I think there are ways around that fab thank you how about how about you Rebecca what um what's your strategy been for finding clients oh Christ what is my strategy been um it it, if I say it's, it's I can describe it as a bit of a circle because I again speaking to just other people and and um the mentor that I had at the time um he said you know narrow down niche 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 I was like well who do I want to work with like what what industry do I want to work with and I went back through my prior history at first and I thought right okay so I've worked with um property I've worked with landlords um you know I've worked in construction I've worked in engineering and then I thought well I've worked in pensions and I've worked with solicitors and legal and medical and then I started listing all of these things and thought I'm gonna have to pick one of them so I did and I picked the property sector and the CIS etc and I you know I started marketing for about a month or so um and you know changed all of my website to focus you know on on tradesmen and and all of that side of things um, all of my LinkedIn, all my Facebook was all focused on it. And then I started finding again, like the networks where these individuals were hanging out. And that's the main thing, finding out where do these people network? Because sometimes, for instance, tradesmen are not going to be on Facebook um, searching through things after hours or on LinkedIn. They're, they're going to be relaxing after our day's work. And you're not going to find them um, most of the time at these breakfast meetings that you have with, you know, your local chamber, for instance. So you've really got to think, where, where is this ideal client? So again, I, I've changed it four times now, four times. And the reason I've changed it four times is because I thought being a new business, I am not going to, you know, put myself into a pigeonhole because I don't know being now the business um, owner, if that is somebody that I actually want to work with, because you don't get to see the full side of everything that goes on if you are just simply working for somebody. And I found that that is the case. And the reason that I've changed it is because my main focus is on, again, streamlining and controls and making sure that everything you know, talks to one another in, in the sort of software process. And those that I was speaking to or potential clients were not interested in that. And then it dawned on me, I think I was watching something Joe had said at some point. So thank you, Joe. <laughs> and it was, you know, if if it gets to a point almost where it's frustrating because you're not on the same page because your, you know, your wants and wishes from what you're getting from the client are different to what they're giving you, it's no longer, you know, a healthy relationship. Mm. And that's where I got to. So I had to go back to the drawing board a few times. And now my niche, if you want to call it that, is not, again, to any specific industry. It's just certain size of business and a personality of the people that I'm going to be working with. You know, are, are they 
are they somebody who is paperless? That's a big thing for me. You know, do they believe in the same things that I kind of believe in in business where, you know, Finn is streamlined, you've got controls, everybody knows where they stand, mm. they've got to upload information on a certain date and it will be uploaded on that date, you know, that that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it's not been easy. I'll say it's not 100% not been easy because it's been a learning curve um, along the way. But in terms of finding the, the, my now ideal client, it's again what Sarah said about visibility. So, you know, I've had people now come to me on um, on YouTube because I have my YouTube channel, um, which is focused on the student side, but they found me through there and said, so are you an actual accountant? Yes. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've had a chat and some of them are YouTubers themselves, which is quite, quite interesting. I was, I was really eager um, to ask this, Rebecca. I was really eager yeah. to ask this because obviously you have such a presence on YouTube and Sarah as well. Sarah, you know, is a creative and makes things and like people can follow you on TikTok and, you know, so, uh, you know, these, because you're being you and yeah. you're, I, I did wonder that because you are coming out as an expert to train and um, other students, I wondered if you got leads that way because I was thinking, why wouldn't someone want to come? Because you you sound like an expert. You're training other people and helping other people out. So I, I wondered if that was the case. I'm really I'm really pleased to know that because you obviously enjoy doing your YouTube channel. Do you want to explain a little bit about your YouTube channel so that if and people yeah. can follow you? So it's um, Miss Finance Tutorials, and it's an entire channel just dedicated to answering student questions. So breaking down topics. Um, answering career questions so anything you know related to ICB, AAT, ATT, ACA, CMA, SIPFA, the you know the whole shebang really and I change those topics weekly based on what you know individuals ask me to focus on so um, yeah just try and cover as much content as I can but I think that's that's one thing you just mentioned there Joe that somebody said to me um, I don't know if anyone's heard of Nick Nimmin before but he's um, a YouTuber over in the States and I think Think he's got about a million subscribers now i'm sure um and he's been doing this for you know 12 13 years and he's always said in front of the camera you've got to be yourself you can't pretend to be somebody and someone else said something to me i can't remember exactly what it was but when i was thinking about being present on social media you've got to remember that you can't have such a stiff upper lip when you're posting content content because people work with you because they like you and if your personality isn't showing then they don't want to work with you because they think, oh, Christ, I don't want this. You know, I want somebody who is a human being to contact. So you've got to just, yeah, when, when you're posting or trying to find these people, just be yourself and don't overthink it. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Nothing has to be perfect. Just post and turn up. And that's the main thing. And eventually somebody will contact you. And that, that's what I found. And other people that I speak to have said the same thing. So it must be working. <laughs> I love that. Um, what about outreach then? Do either of you like reach out? Because I think one of the things, it, because we're introverts and we think, well, I'll just like keep it kind of on the down low. I'll just do a bit of posting and hope some clients come along. And, it, and, and it's really hard to get traction when you just post and hope. And, uh, and there is, I think that there is an element of needing to really take some action. So what yeah. do you do? Do you reach out to people? Do you identify people that you're going to connect with, start conversations with them? How do you, how did you get over, you know, as an introvert and, and Sarah as well, like, how have you 
how have you been able to reach out to people and what kind of things have you done to start a conversation how do you know when it's the right time to do that as well because I think otherwise uh, there'll be lots of people who are posting loads of nice stuff on social media but maybe not getting the results that they're hoping for do you want to answer that first Sarah <laughs> I can do um I don't think I outreach to anyone I think my my general process for putting myself out there was to increase my Facebook profile. So that is my entire marketing strategy. Um, it's not a secret at all. I started a completely new profile because my old profile I'd had since I was like 18 and I was like, well, clients don't really want to see that. So what we'll do is I'll have a new profile with my, my new name and we'll go from there and I start to build it. Now I have nearly, I think, a thousand connections on there. Initially, what I did was I added everyone who was on my old profile joined the groups that I was part of then. And they are silly groups. They're not like professional groups. I didn't I didn't go out and go, I'm going to go to all these little, you know, niche little groups. No, I went to the mean groups that I'm a part of and I added some of those people on my on my Facebook group. And they have a choice whether they want to accept my profile's completely open, go see what you want on there. Obviously be careful what you post, don't put your address or anything silly like that. But I was I was completely open. Profile's completely open. I joined quite a few different coaches so I've got I think three or four different coaches that I follow on my um, my Facebook profile as well I made friends with them and then by extension I made friends with their network and so on and so forth because as soon as you start the ball rolling people will look at you'll, you'll pop up on their recommended people to connect with because you've got 132 mutuals with them for no apparent that you didn't realize and then they'll look at your profile and go oh I quite like the look of her or or him click on them and then there'll come a point where you don't have to add people, you don't have to outreach. Now, it's important to say at this point that I don't message anybody. <laughs> so I don't add someone and then message them and go, oh, do you want an accountant? I don't do that. I barely say hi, to be honest. I just keep posting things on my profile because if people want to connect, they will. And most people will consume media in the same way that I do, which is quite passively. You know, we just want to see the posts on your Facebook feed. Are you interesting? Do you align with my values? have days you can stay on my feed if you post something odd or weird that I don't agree with then I can block you or I can delete you or whatever else and it's mutual you know that can happen for them as well so you may find that you add people that don't stick around but that's fine because you're not their person they're not your person as you've said Zoe you've got to and, and Rebecca you've got to be yourself because you'll attract people who will get on with you and who you will get on with in return and then you're not having to put up a pretense of who you are and what you stand for so I didn't outreach to answer your question I didn't outreach to anybody I just tried to almost bankroll my Facebook friends <laughs> and just try and create a, a community where I like looking at the feed um, and and where some people will find help in what I post not all of these will become clients as I say I've got four clients I've got a thousand nearly a thousand friends on Facebook there is no ratio there <laughs> at all. But it's helping people in little bits and pieces. Like we had one of um, my husband's friends over the other day, and God knows why, but they were looking at YouTube analytics for his channel versus my channel. And then the tax implications on any income that will come in. So I started talking to him about tax. Now I've never spoken about tax to him ever. Like I didn't know he had an interest, but he does have an interest. And then you just get talking and then he says, oh, actually, have you got any, you know, anything I can look at? So then you go, oh yeah, on my Facebook, if you look at, I don't know, May or something, or you look at the page, or you go to this 
particular video and then you've got somebody else who's consuming your content so i think it's all just about again just visibility shouting to people <laughs> nicely um, that you do this thing and then sort of people will start to gravitate towards you more than you having to outreach to other people Oh, I love this. I, I feel like we could talk about this all day. Um, and what this conversation's really shown is that you haven't, either of you, you haven't gone, right, I'm starting a business, I'm going to post some things and hope I find some clients. What you've done is you've thought about, what do I know? What do people need to hear from me? What is like strategically, what kind of things will they be looking for that's going to show them that I'm an expert, that I can help them, that's going to start the right conversations. And I suppose you've almost started to build up this kind of bank of data in or, or you know content in different ways that is then available and supportive when people need it um so i love and i think that isn't this isn't a common approach and I, so i think you should feel really amazing about what you've done um but for anyone watching this it's definitely something to learn from you know we could all spend some time and brainstorm ideas about like what does our ideal client need to see from us and use that as a starting point for creating content and starting conversations um I feel like we've kind of got to a point where we probably need to wrap up, but thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us. Um, Sarah, you didn't mention what your YouTube channel is because we should now go and follow you as well as Miss Finance Tutorials. Oh, bless you. It's not a finance one though. I, know, <laughs> I feel like we should just follow you so we can like learn more about Sarah then. <laughs> do it, do it. It's uh, Midnight Butterfly Designs. It's a, it's a Paula McClay channel where I teach people how to make make butterflies i'm on tiktok as well if you fancy fab and how can we connect with you obviously you're in the six figure bookkeepers club you're members of our success program as well um but how how else is the best way to connect with you both on social media just add me as a friend if you like that's <laughs> all good you, rebecca yeah that's that's absolutely fine or leave me a comment on the channel because i do look at those every day so yeah if you want to contact me that way you can as well or dm it's fine amazing oh look thanks so much for today thanks everyone who's joined and left comments as well and le left us your ideas about niching and marketing your business um like we've said during this um podcast we have got an offer which ends today on the startup program so if you're thinking of joining the program like lots of people have uh, there's a hundred pounds off when you sign up by the end of today we've also got a startup q a call for anybody so if you've registered if you're on the startup program if you've signed up in the past and maybe you haven't completed it yet or if you've completed it, if you can complete it by the 9th of September, we're running a Q&A session. We don't do Q&A sessions with the startup programme. But if you've got questions that you want to ask, we'd love to support you with that. So um, just drop us an email and let us know that you've completed it when you have. And we'll add you to that call that we've got running at the beginning of September. Um, I think that's all for now. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Bookkeepers Podcast. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.